Job chapter 19, verse 25, and it reads as follows. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And then Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Romans 3, 24. It reads as follows. If I could find the page. Romans 3.24, after the famous Romans 3.23, right? Romans 3.24 reads as follows. Being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God had set forth to be appropriation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he may be just and the just justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he God of the Jews only? Is he not also God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision by faith, through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Let's pray before we look in these verses here. Dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins and everyone's sins. Thank you for this Easter Sunday that we're gathered here to worship, glorify, and honor you. Beauty now as I try to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last time we started our Bible study, or our quick look at the book of Job. But we take a little bit of sidetrack today to talk about Easter as today is the Easter Sunday, right? The, the quote, official, unquote, Easter Sunday. And, uh, you know, as you know, we've been having Easter-type celebrations and Easter-type messages for the past two weeks already. Because, as Melvin pointed out, you know, we spend like whole months on Christmas, Easter is as much, if not more important. Why don't we spend more time talking about this as well? So we do. What we're talking about today, you know, come, come back to it again. We talk about uh, Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection on today, the official, so to speak, Easter Sunday. So by now, having had the Easter messages for the past two weeks, I'm sure you guys know what Easter is all about. We've had a one week all about the crucifixion about how Jesus died on the cross, right? You heard Nathan talk in detail about the, uh, the, how much the, uh, the people hated him, that they'd rather let the criminals go, the murderers go, rather than Jesus, right? That Jesus died on the cross about, along, along with a, a thief on the, on the right and the left, that he was crucified among criminals and died way, way Back then, you know, 2,000 years ago. Last week we heard all about the resurrection of Jesus. About how the resurrection was a true event. Right? Melvin went through in detail to talk about how, you know, that it couldn't have been a hoax, right? That nothing would have added up if it were fake. Jesus' resurrection, that Jesus did die. That Jesus did come back to life three days later. Right? It wouldn't make sense that... It was a hoax, a phony thing that his uh, followers did, because why would they do that? They'd have no reason to follow him if it was fake, right? That, that this, uh, this act was proven by evidence, by tons of evidence. He has witnesses, five, over 
hundred witnesses of Jesus' resurrection, right? It's recorded so in the Bible. And if you guys have been around long enough, you heard me talk about how it's even recorded by non-Christian sources. There's historians back in the day that write about Jesus, the one that came back to life, right? You know, Melvin talked about last time about how persuasive the evidence is when you have that much, uh, that much in, your, in your support, when you have 500 people saying, hey, this is what happened. Jesus came back to life. When you even ha- and now you throw in, there's people that didn't even believe in Jesus that confirmed that, hey, he went back, to, he came back to life. And usually, when you talk about courts and stuff, that's pretty persuasive, right? When you have a lot of people that saw the thing, you kind of can draw the right conclusion, right? You guys have seen in the news recently, right? There's the thing that's gone viral on the internet, this whole uh, United Airlines passenger being dragged off the plane, right? And people say he's going to sue. And you ask, is he going to win big money? The answer is yes, he'll win big money. Why? Because there's witnesses. Everyone saw it. There's a video. It's on the internet. How can you deny that this happened, right? You can't. It happened. When there's evidence, when there's lots of witnesses, you win big, right? People believe you. That said, that said, the way things work in law, you know, even if there's 500 witnesses, all it takes is a testimony of one to counteract it. And likewise, when we talk about Jesus, you know, it's great that we have 500 witnesses. It's great that we have people like other historians like Jophesis that say, that confirm this. But we also have the testimony of one, a very powerful testimony, the testimony of God. And we believe in what God says, right? And that God says the resurrection happened, and it's good that it's confirmed by all this, but his testimony carries a lot more weight than everyone else. That's written in the Bible, the infallible word of God that we trust. Because the Bible is about Jesus Christ, is it not? Even back in the book of Job, we read this one book and one verse in the book of Job, so this is kind of related to our study of Job, right? In chapter 19, verse 25, it says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that my Redeemer liveth. What Redeemer is he talking about? What's Job talking about? Even in his lowest of lows, his darkest of dark times, he clung to his Redeemer. His Redeemer, Jesus Christ. None other than Jesus Christ. Yes, the same Jesus we're talking about today was the same Jesus that Job knew about back thousands of years ago, hundreds of years even before Jesus even existed. He knew that Jesus would live. And we know today that Jesus does live because of the resurrection. And that's the reason why we celebrate this event. We celebrate this Easter. We celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. And we have all these things, right? We have the Easter egg hunt. We have the Easter messages. We have the Nathan thing where it makes people lift up the cross, right? All these things to have us remember, to, to have that in our minds, that our Redeemer, yes, lives, lives even today. So in the past couple of weeks, you've heard the messages from different perspectives, right? You heard Nathan always talk about it, right? The last, this year, he said, I'm telling you the Easter story from the perspective of the, the thieves, right? The other people there across crucified, right? And you know, there's a lot of different characters in the Easter story that you could look at from, right? Whether it be like, you know, the disciples or Mary, or Pilate, or whoever. There's so many people. In fact, we can look at even from our perspective. What is our perspective on the resurrection, on the crucifixion? But today I figured we look at something different. Say if you heard all those type of things recently, right? Today, I'm trying to flip the script a little. 
I don't think uh, we've heard this one, this perspective yet in our Easter series, right? And that is, well, what is God's perspective on Easter? God's perspective on the resurrection, right? We talked about how all these different people reacted, right? And how they responded. But what about God? How does God feel about this? What is it all about when it comes to God and the resurrection? So we'll talk about that a little bit today in the brief time we have. The resurrection is the central part of our Christian faith and has special meaning to God. And God shows himself through the resurrection. That's how important it is. And that's why we celebrate it and talk about it all the time and remember it all the time. The resurrection tells us a few things about who God is and what God means to us. Let's go through the list and talk about God and uh, the resurrection. Resurrection first declares God's righteousness. So we read these verses in Romans here that talk a little about how the interplay between God, Jesus, the resurrection. In verses uh, 24 and 25 of Romans chapter 3, it talks about how we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. To declare what? To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. We know that God is righteous, right? That so much we should understand, right? Our God is a righteous God. Our God is a just God. But throughout human history, the question's been asked, if God is righteous, then how do we be right with God, right? That's always a question. The question throughout all all mankind that people have been seeking, right? That we are just people. We're just regular old human beings. God is great. God is righteous. God is just. How can we get right with him? That was the exact question that Job's friend asked him. Did, did they not? That they were trying to discuss. They were trying to say, Job, you low down, dirty, rotten sinner. Right? You were the sinner. Get right with God. Well, how do we do that? What can we do to get right with God? God is righteous. God is good. God is just. What about us? We aren't any of that. We're all sinners. We're all falling far short of God. And the answer is that there's nothing that we can do. Absolutely nothing. We can try to think throughout all the uh, ideas of our own mind to try to come up with something. And it's all meaningless. And humans have been doing that for generations and generations. They try to make up their own things. Why are there so many religions out there? People are all trying to figure out in their own mind, what can I do to make myself righteous? That's what the Buddhists do. That's what the, the, the Muslims do. The every other religion does. They're trying to figure out what good works do I have to do? What thing do I have to do? How can I make myself righteous? The resurrection sets forth that there is none righteous. No, not one. We can't do anything. It has to be through God. God is the righteous one. That's why we need the resurrection. It's because of God. God is the one that saves us. Not anything 
that we can do, right? We can try and try and think and think and think, but in the end, it's only through God's great gift, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And that flows into our next thing that the resurrection means to God. The, the resurrection is what exalts his grace, his grace, his mercy on us. His grace is sufficient. It says in verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but, the law, but by the law of faith. Again, there is no work that we can do. Zero. Nothing. Nothing that we can do to get that salvation, to get that righteousness. It's all through the resurrection that that's his grace for us. All we need is faith. We need to believe, right? We need to believe in this resurrection. That's all that God asks from us. And that if we have that faith, that we have that belief in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross three days later was resurrected, that is how we get God's grace. People ask, oh, what about all these things that people do? All these things that people do, there might be all good and well, but it has nothing to do with righteousness, has nothing to do with salvation. A person can know the whole Bible, memorize the whole Bible and know every verse. It does not mean you have that saving faith. A person could try to serve God all their life, right? To volunteer, to help the poor and needy, to do everything that they think they need to do. All that adds up to still not enough, to not good enough for God. We need the resurrection to get God's grace. Is only through faith, only through faith in Christ Jesus, right? Otherwise, what does it say in that verse? We could boast about our own works. There's nothing that us, that we can boast about because, again, we're not righteous. Only God is righteous. That's what the resurrection proves to all of us, that he's righteous, that he has grace on us, and that God is a consistent God. God is God of all. Verse 29 says this, Is he the God of Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. God offers us righteousness. God offers us grace. And he offers it to everyone. To everyone. This is something Melman always talks about, right? Would it make sense if you're the all-over, overpowering, almighty God, but your salvation is limited? Your power is limited. Oh, Jews, only you guys get to get saved. He'd be a limited God. He'd be a God that only applies to some, not all. But it's through the resurrection that we know that his grace is for everybody. Because I can believe in Jesus, our Redeemer, in the same way that you can, that the Mexicans can, that the Africans can, that the old can, that the young can, that the men can, that the women can, that everybody can. It's a universal message, a universal belief. The resurrection was for all of our sins today, all of our sins in the future, and yes, even all the sins in the past. Even Job, in the time before Jesus even came, he was saved through his, his belief in his Redeemer, his faith in the coming Redeemer. It's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the greatness 
of God's resurrection. That's what he reveals to us. That's why it's so important to him, why it's so important to us. From God's view, this is what God has set forth to us. One way of salvation for everybody. Again, another reason why God loves us, God loves us so much and why God elevates this resurrection so much. Finally, the resurrection confirms God's word. The resurrection confirms God's word. Some people, even in Paul's day, when he wrote the book of Romans, asked this question. Do we make, in verse 31, right? Do we then make void the law through faith? His response, God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Right? We just talked about it. The resurrection was great because it made it one way. But there's a lot of people who ask this. And even people back in Paul's day, and maybe people even today, that wonder, is there a contradiction in the Bible? The Bible says we got to do all this stuff, right? Back then, in Paul's day, they had the law. What about the law? Do we need to follow the law? You're saying we have to follow the law, but there's Jesus. What's the point? Are we saying that we just believe in Jesus and we can throw the rest of the Bible out the window? Who cares? You have Jesus. No, that's not what it's all about. In fact, the resurrection is what confirms that God's word is true and confirms that we have to believe in God's word and we have to take it to heart. Why is that? It's the law that sets forth God's standard for us and God's punishment for us. That's where we have sin, isn't it? That we know that we've all broken God's law at some point in our life. That we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we don't have the law, we don't know that. And if we don't have the law, what don't we need? We don't need the resurrection. It's because we have the Bible, because we have the law. That's why we need the resurrection. We know we've gone wrong. We need his grace. We need his righteousness. Rather than showing us that the law is meaningless, who cares, all we need is Jesus, it shows us how serious God takes his law, how serious God takes his word, that if we break even one iota of it, we're not good enough for him. We can't enter into his kingdom because of our sin, even the smallest sin, even the littlest of sin. That's not good enough for him. We have to have righteousness. And the righteousness comes through only one way. It comes through Jesus Christ. It comes through his salvation, his sacrifice on the cross. So it is that the resurrection lays out all these things for us to understand about God and why God highlights talks about, makes this the theme of his whole book, the Bible, that he talks about Jesus and the resurrection in the Old Testament and the New, that this is the central theme. Why? Because it shows off these key things. Again, how righteous he is, how we need his righteousness, how we obtain his righteousness through grace, and how his grace is sufficient for all. And it shows us confirms us everything he says in his word is true. So knowing all that, seeing God's perspective on the cross, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us today, sitting here in this audience? It means two things. Number one, God wants us to accept his salvation, his righteousness, his grace, to turn to him and, and, and have 
that saving faith that we all need. Number two, if we already have that saving faith, to share that message of saving faith with as many people as possible so that they too can come to understand God's grace, God's love for all of us. That's why we have this Easter season. That's why we have this time to remember him, to share about the cross, about the resurrection. That's why we have the Easter event, the Easter egg hunt. We'll have our nice Easter brunch later and uh, have a time of a fellowship all to remember and to share about our great God, our great God that loved us so much that he gave us his own son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but instead have everlasting life. Let me wrap up here by looking at this quote over here. The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It's the completion, right? It's the thing that pulls it all together. The Bible, God's word for us. It is a decisive event in demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ, and now you're now invited to belong to it. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus, the one that's come to save us from all of our sins. You know, dear friends and audience, if there's someone here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, if you haven't been saved yet, let me offer everyone here in the the audience here a chance to get saved yourself, to accept this saving grace through the resurrection by simply repeating this simple prayer from your heart right now. Dear God, please look in my heart. I know I've sinned. I know I've done wrong. I know there's nothing I can do to save me from my sins. But God, I want to trust Jesus right now. Jesus who died on the cross, Jesus who was resurrected three days later, Jesus to save me from all of my sins. God, please look in my heart one more time. I really want Jesus to be my savior from my sins. And I thank you for your great gift. And so with that prayer, God, we thank you that we have a God that saves us from our sins, a God that loves us so much that gives us righteousness, that gives us grace, that gives us his word. We thank you again for this Sunday that we have to worship you, to honor you, and to glorify you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.